What's up, guys? Welcome to another Wednesday episode on Dietitian Table Talks. I'm the host, Emily Bogato. I almost called myself Dietitian M. <laughs> A lot of people call me that, like at my other job, which I actually no longer work at Title Boxing, but um, all my coworkers and all my clients and the members there called me Dietitian M. And my Instagram handle is Dietitian MB. But I can't be calling myself that. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Um, so yeah, uh, this podcast episode is again so low because no one wants to come on my podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I actually have several guests lined up. Um, it just takes some time because, you know, you reach out to them and then they say yes. And then you have to write up outline and send it to them. And then you have to schedule and they're really busy. So Sometimes they get scheduled out, um, but I will be having several guests on. I'm really excited about it, so you guys can listen to someone else's voice except mine and just get to hear from other people because everyone has different experiences, different niches, niches, whatever that N-I-C-H-E word is, um, and... Even if they're a dietitian, that doesn't mean that we know all the same things because we all do a lot of self-education and if your niche, I'm going to say niche, is in something else, you probably spend all your time on that one thing. So I would say mine is more like fitness, um, body composition change, weightlifting, uh confidence that kind of stuff which obviously I have some other clients here and there who are kind of different things but for the most part that's what I focus my time on that's what I love and then there are dietitians who have focus on like fertility for example or eating disorders or you get the point um so I'm excited to have some other people on and just do some new things on here. So before we get started, please, I would so, so appreciate if you guys go over right now onto your app if you're listening on Apple and leave me a review, a rating, make sure you're subscribed, all the good things. I went through um, all my reviews the other day and I wanted to tear up because you guys are so sweet. And it just made my day. So if you want to make my day, please do that. And also I wanted to start answering a couple, like one to two of you guys' questions each episode. Because um, I do a lot of Q&A boxes on my story and stuff. But also I'm thinking I'm going to start having you guys email me questions to do on the podcast. So I'll put in the description box how to do that. Um, Because I won't be emailing you back, obviously. I will be saving them up and just randomly, like, doing them throughout the podcast. So, if you guys want to send in a question, I would appreciate it. I might even do, like, Ask the Dietitian episodes where I just solely focus on you guys' questions and situations and stuff. um, And kind of do more of, like, a deep dive on them. I don't know if you guys listen to Nick Vial's podcast if you're a Bachelor fan, but he does, like, Ask Nick episodes, and his are obviously not about nutrition. (laughs) They're about, like, dating and stuff like that, but 
I would love to do episodes like that, but obviously more nutrition and fitness stuff. Um, so directions for that will be below, but today's question, I got it on my question box and I thought that it fit very well with today's topic. So the question is, is BMI reliable? My BMI says that I'm overweight. So BMI is literally just an equation that uses your height and weight, nothing else. So it's, I don't remember it exactly. I think it's like your height divided by, or your weight divided by like height squared or something like that. Um, I used to have to do it in school, but I don't use it anymore. So I don't remember. Um, but if you go online and type in like, what is my BMI? It'll come up with like a calculator where you don't have to do the math or anything. Um, so Doctors have used BMI for a long time, and it kind of is supposed to determine if you are underweight, normal, whatever normal is, overweight, or obese. And I think any good doctor knows that they cannot just go based off of that. Um, if, If a doctor really uses BMI as a way to, like, diagnose people with things that would be absolutely ridiculous Uh, but it is a cheap easy and just super fast way to kind of categorize people um because if someone is like obese they are more at risk for certain things so maybe the doctor would look more closely to see if they had those things Um, but overall it's really just not a good way to check because there are people who are considered overweight that are perfectly healthy and then there are people who are normal in the normal category and they have health issues so um I think it it came about because it's cheap easy quick and you know they can't be doing like body fat scans on every patient and stuff like that um so no most good doctors know I think you know if they see a bodybuilder come in and they're super muscular and their BMI is says that they're obese they know that it's just because of their muscle um the BMI does not take into account your muscle mass at all and yeah like I said should not be used to like measure your health because it literally does not tell you if you're healthy or not at all um so just for fun I decided to see what my BMI was and it was 25 which technically is just barely overweight. Um, and I'm perfectly healthy. So if that tells you anything, there you go. Uh, during my internship, I remember I had to do um, like this. I was in the hospital and I was working in wellness. And I had to do these like tests on the employees um, the employees could come in and do these tests, and if they pass them, I don't know if they would get, like, better insurance or something like that, um, but part of the test was I had to take their height and weight and calculate their BMI, and also because the hospital knew that that wasn't a good indicator, they would have me take their waist circumference too. So at least it would kind of give a better idea. Um, But it is still kind of sad to think about that. Like I had to sit there and tell people like, oh, sorry, your 
your waist is too big, like, you won't get whatever it was. I forget exactly. Um, and another thing is recently I saw a doctor who very much focuses on, like, obesity and fat loss and stuff, which he's a very good doctor and I do, like, trust what he says. Um, but I saw him say that BMI is actually helpful for a couple things that physical weight can be an issue for. So whether the weight is from muscle or from fat, it doesn't matter. And two of the things that he had mentioned in that caption were sleep apnea and arthritis. So um, I guess those are two things that BMI could be like a good indicator for. And now for today's topic, we are talking all about the scale. Should you trust that little bitch that's sitting on your bathroom floor or should you throw that bitch out the window? I don't know. I guess we'll find out now. <laughs> um, so since I started working with clients online, I have learned so much about weight, about weight fluctuations, about progress, etc. I've learned a lot. So, you know, before that, I only knew about my own weight. I knew about how my weight fluctuates, like before my period and when I eat this food, usually my weight goes up for a couple days, blah, blah, blah. So I knew a lot about myself, but I didn't know a lot about how others could fluctuate. And I didn't realize how true it is that you can make so much progress physically and with your body composition without the scale changing a lot. And that is something that I have like just been amazed by since doing coaching. Like I had always heard that, but I didn't necessarily believe it until I saw it before my own eyes. So this is something that I like to talk about a lot and just in general talk about weight fluctuations and what can cause them. But let's start off and talk about how to properly weigh yourself because to me, like, I just felt like this was obvious, <laughs> but it's not. So don't weigh yourself at night, guys. Don't weigh yourself at night after you've drank a gallon of water, ate four meals or whatever. You have all the weight of that, like, in you. Except, obviously, you went pee, but you still have a lot of, like, excess weight in you. And it's just never going to be accurate. So, you're going to want to weigh yourself in the morning after a good night of sleep. And hopefully after going to the bathroom and before you eat or drink anything. And that is pretty much the only way that it's going to be accurate. So, uh, if you are weighing yourself when you go to the gym in the evening or chugging glasses of water and then weighing yourself, it's not going to be very accurate. And I have literally weighed myself before and after drinking a big glass of water and it was like two pounds difference. So um, make sure that you are, you know, properly weighing yourself if you're going to do it. If you are going to weigh yourself, I would suggest doing it at least a few times per week. And I know some people are probably going to say like, well, you shouldn't focus on the scale so much. And the thing is, is if you weigh yourself one time a week, to me, there's almost no purpose in that. Because 
that one day, you could have had a weight fluctuation where your weight was spiked up. You could have had a day where your weight was way down compared to normal. And it's all just because water weight can fluctuate so much. And if you're only going to weigh yourself on that one day, there's really no point. So I think it's much better to weigh yourself a few times per week at least. And that way you can kind of see the averages and get to know how your body fluctuates and get to see that it's normal for your weight to fluctuate. Um, So with my clients, I like to look at the averages. Their sheets automatically average out their weight for the week. Um, That way I can kind of look at it in more of like... Not only can I see their weights, but I can see the averages and I can see how their average is changing over time because that's what really matters. So one issue that a lot of people have is their mindset around the scale. So with me telling them to weigh themselves more, they're kind of like, well, shit, like every time I get on the scale, I I get sad because it's not the number that I want to see. And you have to realize that the scale is literally just data. It shouldn't be something that seriously makes or breaks your day. It is a number on an inanimate object on the floor. So you have to realize it's not like the end-all be-all. If this episode, I think this episode will actually help you guys kind of realize that, Um, but if it doesn't help you and the scale really like you can't get out of the mindset where the scale affects your mood. Throw that bitch out the window. You can't let something like that ruin your day. So first I want to talk about like short-term changes in weight. So like the fluctuation fluctuations throughout the week. Like I said, there are so many reasons why your weight can fluctuate and they have nothing to do with fat loss or fat gain. A lot of it has to do with water, like the water fluctuations in your body, the amount of water that you have, the amount of hydration, the amount of dehydrated you are. So how can your food choices cause fluctuations in your weight? One of the main ones is your sodium intake. So sodium is essential. You have to eat sodium. It's needed for muscle contractions, helps you stay hydrated, But too much sodium can make you hold excess water and make your weight go up temporarily. So restaurants, you know, they be wanting that shit to taste good. They don't care if you have high blood pressure. They don't care if you are watching your sugar intake. They don't care if you are watching the scale and seeing that it's going up the next day they don't care about that all they care is that that shit tastes good so what do they do they add a ton of sodium to it because sodium makes food taste good Uh, so if you go out to eat the next day your weight's up it's probably because you're holding water I always notice it in my clients after they either have chipotle so i don't know what chipotle is doing with their food but they must have a lot of sodium in there and like chinese food if my clients get that or even if i get it i notice they always have a big spike in their weight after and then it goes back down after like a day or two um 
But yeah, it can literally happen with even just food that you're eating at home. So say you're having like a big bowl of soup with a turkey sandwich. Both of those are high in sodium and can cause your weight to fluctuate. Another common misconception with that is that people think that they are only eating sodium when they're like literally shaking a salt shaker over their food, but tons of foods have sodium in them before you put salt on them, especially like processed foods and condiments. Um, So don't get that confused where you're like, well, I never add sodium to my foods just because you're not using the salt shaker um, because they probably already have it in there. So if you have Maybe you have like a jar of pickles or something as a snack. (laughs) You might notice that your weight fluctuates. The next way that your food intake can make your weight fluctuate is a change in your carb intake. So a lot of people, you know, they see the keto diet everywhere. They decide, oh, I should try that out. And they do it for a few days and their weight drops. And they're like, holy shit, this is magic. I already lost seven pounds. And the truth is, is that when you do the keto diet and you cut out carbs, you lose weight initially because you lose a lot of water weight. And the reason for that is because when you cut out carbs, carbs hold water in your body. They help hydrate you. They fill out your glycogen stores. And when you cut those out, you're going to lose a lot of water weight. So They might see that initial drop and it might stop after that or if they continue to lose weight. It's not because they're not eating carbs. It's because they're eating a lower amount of calories, but we won't talk about that today. We don't want to get into that. Um, So initially they lose a lot of weight and I'm sure you probably have heard of the keto flu basically where, you know, you feel like shit for a while. Um, that is mostly because they're dehydrated because their body is not holding as much water because they aren't eating carbs. So they feel nauseous, they get a headache, they feel drowsy, and literally it's pretty much just that they're extremely dehydrated. So a lot of people who do keto, they have to add tons of sodium to their diet to help them retain water and stay hydrated. Every gram of carb that you eat holds a certain amount of water in your body. It's like two to four grams of water per carb. And that's not a bad thing necessarily. Um, It helps keep you hydrated. And glycogen contains water and that can be used to provide energy for your workouts. So it's not a bad thing. But just know that if you take carbs away, you'll probably lose weight temporarily. If you add a ton of carbs in, your weight might go up because you'll be holding more water. Speaking of water, if you're not drinking enough water, your weight might go up. I know it's confusing. You're like, wait, what the fuck? You're telling me I need to drink more water to lose water weight? Yes. Because when you don't drink enough water, your brain signals your body to retain it. When your body knows that it's going to get a constant flow of water each day, it knows that it can release it. AKA, you can go pee it out. 
Um, so your body's really smart and it's going to keep in there whatever it needs. So more water equals less water retention. Another thing related to food. Well, I guess this is a few things kind of together. Um, so food volume, like the size, physical size of your meal, meal timing, and your digestion. So if you eat a big meal right before you go to bed and then you wake up six hours later and go weigh yourself, hopefully go to the bathroom before and go weigh yourself, all your food probably won't be digested. Like that meal that you ate right before bed probably won't be fully digested. So keep that in mind. You know, if you eat a big meal right before bed and go to bed, your weight could be up a little bit. Digestion. If you haven't taken a shit in five days, expect your weight to be up because you have five days of poop in you. So (laughs) you can't be expecting to hit a new low weight with all of that extra weight in you. I feel so bad for people who don't poop every day. I just literally can't imagine because if I didn't go for one day, sometimes when I'm traveling, I have a day where I don't and it's a sad day. So if you're not going poop every day, let's figure this shit out. Let's figure out what's going on here. Do you need to eat more fiber? Are you drinking enough water? Do you need to go for a walk, get some exercise? Are you sleeping well? Because we need to figure this shit out. We need you to be going Hopefully every day. Um, so next we are moving on to sleep. We're not going to talk about it for a long time because I already did an episode on it. So check out that episode if you want to know more about the importance of getting enough sleep. Um, but so poor sleep over long periods of time can actually have a negative effect on your body composition. You, It can make you more likely to gain fat. But one night of poor sleep can make your weight spike not related to fat gain. So say you're normally sleeping good and then one night you have a night where you sleep three hours and your weight spikes up. Poor sleep causes hormone fluctuations, including cortisol, And cortisol is a stress hormone. So this is kind of two things in one. Stress, sleep, both kind of related. Cortisol is a stress hormone. It causes you to hold more water. This happens because cortisol increases a hormone. Not going to get into like details because I know you guys really aren't trying to dive that deep. Um, But... It increases a hormone that controls the water in your body, so the water balance, and causes you to hold more. So not only does poor sleep cause this, but any kind of excessive stress can cause this. That could be mental or physical stress. Um, Any kind of cortisol increase can make you hold more water. So speaking of physical stress... What about working out? Working out is physical stress and it causes inflammation in your body. Um, So after a hard workout, especially if it's a big muscle group like legs, like you did a heavy ass leg day, 
you might notice the next day that your weight is up a bit or maybe even two days after that your weight is up a bit. And this is due to inflammation in your body. So inflammation actually is really important. It helps repair your muscle after a hard workout. Um, but it's just something to keep in mind. It may make your weight go up. And, you know, I I see people say like, oh my God, I worked out five days in a row and I gained weight. I'm never working out again. Or I literally see this all the time and I always bite my tongue because like I don't want to be the one to like tweet back at people or like, you know, say something and be that annoying person that always knows what to say, like knows the facts, <laughs> you know? Um, but I'll see people say like, oh my God, I haven't worked out in a week and my weight has gone down like maybe I should never work out and I would be skinny so just keep in mind you know if you didn't work out for a week you probably have like less inflammation in your body and that's why your weight went down <sighs> last one for the short-term changes honestly there's probably more even that I'm not covering but these are the ones that I feel like are the biggest most common ones um so your menstrual cycle if you are a female most people listening to this are female I don't have many men on here um but some people fluctuate a lot around their time of their period and some people don't at all. So kind of just depends on the person. Um, it is pretty normal to be anywhere from like zero to six pounds difference. So if you see the scale go up six pounds because of your period, don't be too alarmed. Um, you know, obviously tell your doctor this, um, but it's probably not fat gain because in order to gain six pounds of fat in like a day, it would almost be nearly impossible. It would actually be like, I'm telling you, it would be impossible, a hundred percent impossible. Um, so the increase in weight around your like period or like during your menstrual cycle, whatever, it's due to hormonal fluctuations, obviously. So the changes in estrogen and progesterone cause water retention. That's why a lot of people feel bloated around the time of their period. Some people also get constipated before their period or even during it, which is kind of like a double whammy. Like I said, if you're not going poop, you have the poop in you. It's coming on the scale with you. You're taking it. You're picking it up, putting it on the scale with you. So keep that in mind. Also, a lot of people have cravings around that time and maybe are eating different than they normally do. So, you know, if you're eating a lot more, eating a lot of high sodium foods, eating a lot of high carb foods, that might add to the water retention. So... You know, weight loss is not linear. It's not going to be going down every single day. I promise you that. If you... I have never known a single person who was on a weight loss journey that had it literally only go down. That That's just not existent. It's going to go up some days and then it can go back down. And hopefully 
the overall trend will be in the direction that you want it to be. Now, let's talk about long-term scale changes. So if you are weightlifting and gaining muscle, your body composition at a certain weight, so picture me, 100, let's say 150 pounds, just round it off. I look different at 150 pounds now than I did three years ago at 150 pounds. I have more muscle now, and that makes me look leaner at 150 pounds, where I could show you guys a picture of me from years ago when I was 150 pounds, and I don't look fit at all. So... If you're comparing your numbers to numbers from years ago, we just got to cut that shit off. We got to throw those old numbers out the window. Forget about them. Bye-bye. We don't care about you. You cannot compare to years ago and say, oh, well, you know, I used to weigh 120 pounds and now I can't get below 130 Honey, it's probably because you gained some muscle and you probably look better now than you did before. So if you're you're weightlifting, working out, you're gaining muscle, sometimes you just have to be okay with a higher number. There's nothing wrong with being a higher number on the scale. When I competed, I was 120 pounds and I was like pretty shredded. And the other people that I was competing with were like 105. So it just goes to show that the number on the scale doesn't really matter. It's going to be totally dependent on you, the amount of muscle you have, where you hold your fat. It's, It's nothing to compare to other people or to your past self because when you have more muscle things are going to look different you're going to look more fit and you won't have to be a low weight and you'll still look fit your muscles will be popping and you'll probably be able to eat more too because you'll have more muscle and be a heavier person and usually people with more muscle and higher body weight can eat more and have a higher metabolism. So think of all the good things. And lastly, I just wanted to say weight, like I said earlier, is not like BMI, weight, whatever, is not an indicator of health. There are people who are really skinny and not healthy. There are people who are considered overweight and are as healthy as can be. Um, But ultimately, it is okay if you want to change your body composition because I know that this is a hot topic right now. There are some RDs who are against wanting to change your body composition, which I personally don't agree with. There's kind of like a split with dietitians right now. Um, As long as we're keeping your relationship with food healthy and not doing extremes, I think it's totally okay to want to change your body composition. But also still you know love yourself and not hate on yourself all the time no matter where you're at 
Um, so I think that's it. Just do whatever makes you feel the best mentally and physically. Don't do a diet that makes you mentally feel like shit. And don't run yourself to the ground trying to burn so many calories. Find a happy balance that feels good. That you feel good in your body. You feel good with the food that you're eating. And you mentally feel good and can still have a happy life. Be able to go out to eat with your friends. You know, enjoy your life still. So, that's all I have to say. Please make sure to subscribe. Leave me a review. Please, I'm begging you. (laughs) Leave me a review, a rating. Share this with a friend. Post it on your story and tag me. Send me a message. Say hi. Send me an email and enter a question and maybe you'll be featured on my podcast.